Welcome to the Not That Simple Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to our third episode. Kind of continuing on the whole theme we had of love and relationships, whatnot, that we wanted to do for February. Our third episode, we had originally wanted to do interviews with our guy friends, and we recorded and did a whole afternoon of it, but then when we went to edit it, we found that they talked over each other so much and were messing with the equipment that the sound was terrible. So instead, we listened back to the audios, and we wrote down what they had said about the questions we had asked them during that first initial conversation, And we basically now just are going to talk about what they said and our responses when we had that initial like interview. So the guys we interviewed were four of our probably, well, they wanted to be a part of it, but they are some of our closest guy friends. Adam, he is from Jordan, but he spent most of his life growing up in Dubai um, before moving here two years ago to go to school with us. Same with Zach, he, before he came to live in Madrid, he moved around a lot, but his family is from San Antonio, Texas. Before he came to Madrid, he lived in Georgia and Eastern Europe. And then Nate, his family is from Chile, and before he came to Madrid, he grew up mainly in Boston, Massachusetts. Then our friend Paco, he spent most of his life in Spain, in Granada, but he did go to high school in England before coming back to Spain in Madrid to go to college with us. And we basically just asked them a series of questions about dating myths. We're basically just debunking them. And I think it was an interesting conversation we had. Yeah, it definitely was interesting. It was fun listening to the different perspectives that everyone had. It was mostly due to cultural differences and the ways like we were each grown like raised up to be. So it was just interesting to hear all their different perspectives. And it was actually a lot of fun. I'm really upset that the audio is not editable. But we're trying to like make the best out of the situation and just still give you guys their perspectives on the dating lives in Madrid and all the myths between like dating girls and their red flags or what they think their red flags are. So it should still be a fun episode. Yeah, totally agree. So one of the first things we asked them were or was, are girls really hard to read? And they all had basically the similar answer with different details that girls are hard to read. They all kind of agreed by the end that it can go both ways. After we had talked to them about our experiences where like Nicole had originally said, guys can be so hot and cold, but then Nate had brought up, (laughs) so can girls. Yeah, he actually made a really funny analogy. His analogies were, was that guys are like dogs like, you know how they feel versus girls are, like, cats who, like, one moment they're, like, hot and then, like, the other moment they're cold, which is so funny to, like, think about it that way because, yeah, it, he is right. I feel like when a guy's angry, it's so easy to notice his emotions or, like, see what he, like, feels because they don't really know how to hide it versus girls. I feel like we're so good at hiding our emotions. Yeah. So that was a nice perspective to have that, like, yeah, we might think that, like, 
guys are hard to read, but maybe like in general, I feel like girls can hide their emotions way easier than guys, making us harder to read. And like Adam had said that what makes it hard to read girls or people in general is just that with him personally, reading into things is a common, like too much is a common occurrence or that things go over his head. And then Nate added like girls think that we give guys certain signals and that they should just understand it. Which the guys have no clue. Yeah, guys have no clue. And then um, Zach brought up the amazing perspective that girls give a guy a look and they think that's shooting their shot, which I am guilty of doing this. I think just by looking at a guy, that should tell them enough. But like when you think of it in a broader perspective, like that is like kind of stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. It's easier to just verbally communicate about it. You know, just be like... In theory, or like it's flirty. easier. Yeah, like, in theory, Like it's verbal easier. flirting versus like the look, the batting of the eyelashes mm-hmm. that TikTok girls always are like, this is how you get a guy. Yeah, and it's like the, the double thirst look. traps, like <laughs> the thirst traps on TikTok and we think we should follow those, which yeah. in, in reality, reality, no. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't go with um, the TikTok t- thirst traps, but... Which actually, that po- like the hard to read brought us to another great point, which was the playing games, because we originally thought that guys play the most games. But then after having a conversation with them, we realized that it actually goes both ways. Basically, the whole podcast was just them telling us how we're the problems and guys are not the problems, which actually made us realize that we could potentially be the problem. Yeah, guilty. Guilty. But it doesn't excuse the fact that both us as girls and our guys that we interviewed, we all have experiences where we have the you up text Mm -hmm. from whatever gender, or we have the like situations where we get into things and we're like, what the heck is this? What what is going to come out of this type thing? Mm -hmm. You know, like I myself am guilty of playing both sides of the game. Yeah. Like being like, oh, I don't want anything out of this. It's just fun. And then they actually wanted something. And then also be on the other side being like, I want something, but I never actually like said I wanted something. And so I got stuck playing the game, even though I didn't want to play Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I feel like half of the time the problem is that us girls are too scared to just share how we truly feel and I'm sure guys too just I mean for me at least there's there has been moments where I'm like oh damn like I really like this guy but I've been too afraid to say something just because of like the rejection or them not feeling the same way so then that goes on to like both people playing the game because you want to keep going with like whatever you guys have but no one is like strong enough to speak about how they actually feel yeah and that will be brought up kind of later in Mm -hmm. another question slash topic that came up but like the next following thing we asked them because everyone wants to know red flags and icks we asked them what are some of their red flags for girls and we kind of like distinguished between red flags versus icks like I had said red flag well Nate and I kind of said Red flags are something that will signal what they're going to be like in a relationship or like just in a general like connection between two people. 
versus X is something they do separately that just kind of doesn't make you attractive, like attracted to them, but that they're not necessarily like mutually like, like exclusive either. So Nate had said that girls can have, well, he specifically was referencing to Nicole <laughs> about having high standards and having so many aches towards guys. Which, but in my defense, I can have as high standards as I want, as I please. Like, you know, those are my standards. But the aches, I'm sorry if that's just me. I can get them so fast. Like, they are a major break, breaking deal for me. Like, in the morning, I could be like, oh, my God, I'm so into this guy. But then they do something. It's not my fault that they just became suddenly less attractive because they did that one thing. Yeah. Like and I feel like that just happens when, especially if you just meet someone, and it's all, like, maybe, like, physical mm -hmm. first and not, like, emotional or, like, even, like, a friendship first. And so I feel like icks can come up more often in that aspect than if you were like properly maybe like trying to get to know them because you were actually genuinely interested, not because you were just like, hey, let's see. You yeah, know? also when you're really interested into, a, when you're really interested in a guy, you never really see something wrong with them. You're so into the like hard eyes for them. Yeah. That you block out all the icks versus when you're just trying to figure out if you do or don't like them, getting the icks is so easy. Yeah, agreed. So then moving on to more red flags. Which I think this is actually an ick, not a red flag. Okay, I actually think it is a red flag because, okay, you'll see. So mm -hmm. Zach had straight up, like, we asked this question and he was like, astrology. Within a matter of seconds. Yeah. Didn't even think about it. And he says it as, like, he doesn't think that it's, like, I don't know, attractive or like... He worded it in a way that it was like, if girls don't like something about the way you are, they'll blame it just on the fact that you're like a Virgo or a Sagittarius or a yeah. Gemini. And he thinks of it, he thinks that it's a red flag because they don't allow for themselves to really look into who a person is because they're yeah. so focused on that. And Paco kind of like agreed with Zach on that part. And he told us a funny story, by the way. So we were playing poker last semester, and he joked, well, we thought he was joking. He was like, oh, yeah, today's my birthday, so all this cash is for me because he ended up winning. And we're like, is it really your birthday? And he never really, like, confirmed or denied it. But then when we recorded, he was like, yeah, that was actually my birthday. I don't, and he was like, I don't like telling people when my birthday is or, like, meeting new people. And telling them when my birthday is because they, he doesn't want them to pull the astrology card. He doesn't want to be like, oh, you're born like February 20th. Like you're such a Pisces or some like crap like that. And so basically, though, Nate kind of Nate and Adam were both not necessarily like strongly against astrology as a red flag, but they were kind of like. Well, in general, girls have the right to believe in what they believe in. It's just like compatibility wise if I don't believe in it whatever it is even if it's astrology or some sort of other like a religion or anything like social like issues or whatever if you don't agree on something that will obviously bring tension in the relationship in general and they can believe that but it just won't align in the in whatever relationship you're yeah. trying to build you know yeah you see, my thing is that I'm pretty sure all guys think astrology is a red flag because the guy before them said that it was a red flag. 
Yeah, I mean, it also depends on the environment, I guess. They were kind of like, like they got to know like astrology because Mm -hmm. I do have to say I have met some people who are very into like, like even more so than Nicole (laughs) into astrology. And I'm like, um, like, I think it's fun. And I, lo- and I think I love- it's fun. Like, I will definitely not judge a person just by their astrology sign. Because if people were to judge me based just based off my astrology sign, I'm a Gemini. They would hate me from the moment they meet me. But I think half of the time is pretty accurate. And I don't see how it can be a red flag. I see how they can find it as an egg where it's just like, oh, they like astrology. That's gross. I'm not into them. But a red flag is something that it's like, during the relationship, it's going to be bad. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if a girl is really into astrology, like, their point was, like, they're going to relate it to everything. They're going to be like, oh, we're fighting because the moon is out of alignment or some <laughs> shit like that. You know, like, that's understandable. Yeah. And that's probably their experience with astrology girls, you know. But some other red flags that they brought up, Adam named three in specific that are his top. Mm-hmm. The first one being disrespecting service workers. Which I think is the I mean, biggest red flag there could be. Well, obviously, be. if you're rude to anyone, especially in front of someone you're, like, dating or you like, or just in general, really. Like, why you got to be mean? But the next one he brought up, that Adam brought up, was hygiene. Yeah. And all the boys agreed. Like, I mean, like, you don't have to be, like, a clean person, but I guess they've met some girls that are just not taking care of themselves. And it's like red flag because Adam was like, if they're not taking care of themselves when they're by themselves, how the, how the hell are they going to take care of themselves when they're in a relationship like with me? Yeah. And that makes sense. You know, Yeah, I also feel like that's a red flag for us girls. If a guy is dirty, we're not going to be attracted to them. We're not going to want to date them in the future. Yeah. It's like a universal one, I feel like. Yeah. Okay, I have to say something. There was a guy I was seeing, and every time I saw him, he low-key smelled. Like, his breath kind of had, like, this distinct taste. Yeah. Like, whenever I kissed Mm -hmm. him. And for me, I noticed it at first, and... I'm whispering I, who right now because I have no clue this who this person is. This person shall go unnamed on the podcast. I'll tell Nicole <laughs> later. But I was just so into him that I didn't really care. <laughs> so, I mean, like, no You offense. see, that's what I'm saying. When you're so into a guy, an ick will not, or even a red flag, you will just You'll not, just ignore them. Those red flags turn into green flags and you're just skipping around. Yeah. We kind of didn't go into that with the boys. Like, even though they acknowledge red flags, do they still, like, you know? Well, I mean, Paco kind of said later, like, well, if a girl's hot and she believes in astrology, well, hell, I'll believe in astrology, too. Like, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, guilty and other aspects other than astrology. You know, like, I'll pretend to be, like, into sports or something. Well, like, other sports. That's the thing. Red flags can really turn green very easy yeah very easy it just depends on the situation yeah and then the last one that was brought up was not being ambitious this specific for adam because i mean if you know adam adam is a smart cookie he is studying what aerospace engineering and something that is just too smart for me to learn and so he likes his girls like with ambition not he didn't say like with intelligence specifically, but someone who wants to do something with their life because he wants to be with someone who will like 
push him to be more ambitious and push him to be a better person like they are doing for themselves. And that makes sense. I feel like that's a very, like, complex, like, flag. Yeah, I would love for someone to be ambitious. I don't think I could date someone that isn't. Yeah. I, I knew a guy that had zero ambition. And that, like, before I was so attracted to him, but the low ambition just made him seem like he had nothing in his life that he really wanted and he was just here for like a good time which there's nothing wrong with that just in a relationship I feel like that could be so hard yeah especially like as once it grows into something like Mm -hmm. in the beginning you might be fine with it but then you realize like like realistically like I can't be doing this if you're someone who is also ambitious naturally ambitious yeah, you know that makes sense, and it makes for a better connection. Yeah, you know, you're like growing with each other. You're you want to build other. something together, mm-hmm. and a person that's just here to just live doesn't really have just that. Have in fun, them. and yeah. that could just be maturity. You yeah, know, they just might mm-hmm. hit that later, but in the moment, what you want and they what they want might not yeah. align, and so it's like, well, you don't connect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question slash topic discussion that we had was. Basically, just all about the talking stage. Like, basically, we asked them, how long do you think the talking stage should last and how they felt about the talking stage? They all agreed. The boys all agreed, like, for some reason, two to three weeks. But that has not been my experience with the talking stage with guys. Most guys I'm talking to, it's for, like, months. And we're not even exclusive. Yeah, most of the time we just stay in the talking stage and it never really goes anywhere. Yeah, and we tried telling them that. Like, Nicole was, like, two to three months is usually what the talking stage, like, how long it lasts. And they were all like, what? What girl? Like, what what guys have we been seeing? Yeah, maybe me and Jayzor are just seeing the wrong guys because we have not... How funny would it be if we're just seeing the wrong guys this whole time? But point of the story is that it has never lasted two to three weeks. For I feel like for anyone that I really know. Also, I saw this TikTok once that it was here in Europe. People meet at clubs, then go on a talking stage for six to seven months after that. And then maybe they date or like half of the time they don't date, which I feel like all of their relationships have happened in the States. So maybe that's why they think it's two to three weeks. But here in Madrid, I could never see a person talking for for two to three weeks and then dating. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just us, for us personally, the talking stage seems extremely longer than what our guy friends like interpreted it as. And <laughs> Paco was really sweet about it. He was like, the talking stage is like the best stage. And I do have to agree. Like everything is new. You're just meeting this person for the first time. Like you're always thinking about them. You're talking to your friends about them. And that's like, like great, you know? And then Adam brought up kind of like a positive slash negative little perk when you're talking to someone who's European or specifically maybe Spanish. The emojis Uh, if you have not talked to a spanish guy let me just tell you they love their emojis if you're american you know that emojis are like not it they make you cringe so i it was a shock almost like a culture shock to come here and talk to like one of like the first couple spanish guys and like texting them they would use so many emojis and i'm like whoa are they really in because i read it as they're being really, like, forward. They're just, like, 
expressing so much emotion in the emojis. <laughs> and I don't know, that maybe could be because I'm American and they're Spanish. And so the only way they feel like they can properly communicate over text so there's no like language barrier is maybe through emojis. You know, that's always crossed my mind. Yeah. Because like some of the guys I've talked to, their English is pretty good, but like not perfect. And there's like things that go on red, like sarcasm or even just like abbreviations or grammar. That's like, obviously when we're talking in English, I'm a fluent English speaker and he's not. And so maybe that's a way like they communicate. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. I think it's sweet though that he thinks it's the best stage. I would feel like yeah. it's the most draining I, stage because you so never, true. yeah, it's so draining. Like I love his positivity through it, but I feel it. I find it so draining. You never know what the other person's thinking. You never know when the moment's going to be that they're going to ask you out or they're actually going to tell you how they feel. Yeah. You're kind of just like waiting. Yeah. And almost. it's a roller coaster. One day they text you like every other minute. The other day they text you every other five to 10 hours, which I'm guilty of this. I'm like, I'm not saying it's just guys in general. I feel like just the talking, talking stage, stage yeah. for both sides can be so draining. Yeah. But it was cute. Yeah. And I feel like he was talking from the perspective of the fact that his experience in the talking stage before his he's dating someone now and so Paco was talking from the experience of his talking stage the first couple weeks of school before he started dating this girl from school so that's kind of yeah like it's happy when you see it work out (laughs) it's happy it's a new perspective that we get of a happy relationship (laughs) yeah so then the next one basically kind of going in an order we talked about what relationship stage looks like and what it's like getting serious with someone So we had to start off this conversation. The boys wanted us to go first, but then we had to sadly remind them. No, happily remind them. Proudly remind them. That Nicole and I have never been in serious relationships. Not our fault. Not our fault Like I said, we're just meeting the wrong guys, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's us, Nicole. No, no, no. I know it's not us. I think there's just something in the air. Yeah. But anyways... Nicole had started off by saying, like, she doesn't feel, like, right now in her life that, what, that you just don't see yourself in a relationship. I mentally don't think I'm ready for a relationship, but ideally I would be ready. Like, if it comes to my, I feel like I'm in a point in my life where I'm just not looking for it. And then if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm also so young and living in such a great city, meant for young single people that I'm not going to worry too much about it. But I mean, if it did happen, I would not be opposed to a relationship. Yeah. And then kind of Adam responded with the fact that you don't necessarily have to be like in a good place or a bad place or like, I mean, in a good place with yourself in the way that you need to be your perfect, your most best self to get into a serious relationship with someone. You just have to be confident in who you are at that time so that you can be yourself with them. And he probably was the one who has been in the longest serious relationship. Mm -hmm. He said like three years back in Dubai. And he basically came from the perspective that like they were still young and like they grew and it didn't work out. And that just it just happens like that. But that doesn't necessarily have to stop you from getting into a serious relationship. And that right now he just can't see himself in Madrid being in one that is serious because he's only here for another semester. He's he's only here for his first two years 
because he has to transfer since he can't graduate at our school for mm-hmm. his major. Yeah. And then Nate was kind of like agreeing with Adam saying that you never know when to get yourself into a serious relationship, but you do have to communicate about it. Because Adam earlier was talking about like communication is key and just being open yeah. about it. Yeah, Nate just basically said that as long as both people are honest with how they feel, that's the solid basis for a strong relationship. And communication's key, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Also, they had joked around, well, Adam and Zach were, or maybe even all, all of them, were like, if a girl can fart around me, I know we're serious. I was like... The fact that that's what they would define as serious, a fart, just explains I don't why know they're single explains. right now in Madrid. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps. Um, so then, basically going into that, like we talked about what it's like trying to meet people here in Madrid yeah, versus back home, wherever they came from, mm-hmm. and just like dating, like in comparison. And Adam, he is from... Culturally, like, he's from Jordan, but he grew up in Dubai. And in both places, PDA was kind of not a thing. A thing. In some countries, he said that it he, was even, even illegal. illegal. Yeah, and it's a very serious climate. So it was a culture shock for him to come to Madrid and seeing people making out everywhere. Like, everywhere. I'll tell you, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> you can be on a metro, turn around. Yeah. There can be people making out. Yeah. So romantic. And Nate going off the PDA was kind of like, yeah, in America, I feel like people kind of look down on couples who show too much PDA, PDA. like as much PDA you see here in Madrid, like showing too much PDA. Nate had brought up that the difference between meeting people here, because one, we're in college, and two, in Europe, we're of like going out age, that going out here is a common social, like it's our equivalent of going to, like, frat parties or going to, like, whatever student bars in the U.S. for college students. Yeah, it's, like, the only time where we can socialize with people that we don't know. Yeah, because we live in such a big city. Like, there's so many places you can meet people. Adam more saw it as a socializing aspect, not as some something to find something serious versus, like, Nicole and I were like, why not? Like, you, you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. You can, like, go anywhere, and you might not be expecting to meet someone, and you just might, whether that's something fun or something serious. But then Nate was kind of saying, well, if you want something serious, you will not find it at the club because people are going to be intoxicated and horny. Which, totally agree, but there's so there's only a few places where we could potentially meet people, and the number one place is the club. And where else do I go often enough where I could potentially find someone is the club. But then he was like, no, you would never want a guy from the club because they're only looking for one thing and it's for like a one night stand, Mm -hmm. which very true, but that's where it gets hard. Like I feel like in Madrid, dating is such a hard thing to do because not everyone is in your same page. Mm -hmm. Like they just saw clubbing as a, getting drunk and having a good time, which, like, is as it should be. But I low-key see it as a place where I can meet people and have fun. And, like, I don't only go just to get intoxicated. It also depends on where you go. Like, here in Madrid, big party scene, there are specific clubs, like international clubs, that, like, study abroad, for example, that we'll go to. 
And those tend to be people who aren't here all, like permanently or all the time. And looking at it realistically from my point, I wouldn't want to date someone who was studying abroad mm -hmm. because they're going to be leaving, you yes. know? Like, and as much as I want to say, like, oh, maybe they'll stay for me. I'm like, the fuck that. They're not going to stay, you know? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't date a study abroad. I just kind of call them trial periods. Like, you know, study abroad, it's a trial period. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. Getting to know people, going out, like, having friends who are here, you know? It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. But, like, certain places we do go to, like, maybe, like, older crowds like with like a bars or like more like spanish clubs you can actually yeah. meet people who actually want to date you like we've been in that experience but sometimes you just don't click with them so it just doesn't work out mm -hmm. it doesn't get past the talking stage and so it's funny seeing the different energies from international clubs to spanish clubs mm -hmm. because international clubs you mostly just see drunk people getting sloppy versus spanish clubs most of the time we've been to a Spanish club, we really just spend it outside because the outside energy is so great because everyone's talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus in international clubs, you don't get that same energy. No, you don't. You're mainly just yelling and screaming mm -hmm. at each other on the inside. And I'm just like, okay, this conversation is not fun. You know, it also depends on like when we go out with our friends versus if we go out with like, like what I've seen is when we go out, with just our friends, like a big group, like 12, 15 of us, we get tables, we're having a good time. We're not looking to meet anyone, anyone, really. We're just there to have fun. And that's another aspect that Adam was bringing up just for like going out and socializing. But then we'll have nights where it's just girls' night and we're like, oh, the possibilities. The you know? possibilities are endless. And I have night. all my wing women with me. Yeah. You know, those nights are very different than when we go out with like everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of like, talking guys up like being flirty but sometimes nothing happens and sometimes things do which if it doesn't happen it's totally fine it's just for the fun of talking to other people yeah that also depends on if you what you want you know mm -hmm. like if you're someone who wants something serious you probably won't be looking for like someone at a club because almost everyone is drunk or maybe with their friends and not looking for anything or they just want like sex Versus if you're someone who wants to have fun, then go to the club. You will find probably someone there who is looking for just fun too, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so our next topic or question we asked was how they felt on who asking who out. Like in kind of going back to like the beginning stages. And all of them agreed that it should be normalized, girls asking guys out. But they also all agreed that it tends to not happen because girls don't want to be in that same vulnerable position that guys are actually in when they have to when they want to ask a girl out. Like they actually are put in a vulnerable like position, which is funny because I feel like us girls never, never really, thought of it. Never no. thought of it. No, I'm honestly like, oh, guys have so much confidence, but no, that's not how it works all the time. They have to build themselves with enough confidence to just even approach us yeah but we think of it as such an easy thing to do but we ourselves would never never do, do it. it it's so hypocritical of us like honestly and then like adam was kind of saying like if a girl it makes it more attractive if someone that she, he found like attractive had the confidence to ask him out like that's automatic like more plus points and nate was saying that too like there's a higher chance if an attractive girl asks him out because he will 
be so taken aback that he would obviously say yes and that they just think of it as like a dream almost honestly they gave me the confidence to just speak my mind next time yeah they did they did because i got to just like listen to their perspective and put myself in their shoes and it's so hard for both genders yeah dating isn't like this we all agreed that dating isn't easy but if you communicate and you be confident in yourself, like you can get like I don't want to use the term rewarded, but like you something good will come out of it, you know? The number one thing we really got out of this conversation was that confidence was key. Our last topic was this was not a planned topic. No. Paco had brought it up and I actually was glad he brought it up because yeah. it's actually always been like a thought in my mind. Me living with boys. What is it like girls having guy friends? Like, what is that like? Or vice versa. How is that when you're first meeting someone? If like, for example, if we were starting to see a guy and he had a lot of girlfriends or if like the guy started seeing a girl and they had a lot of guy friends and they all were kind of, it doesn't really matter. It's all about trusting them. But obviously we all kind of agreed also that it is kind of confusing sometimes, you I think know? that's so confusing because you never know the history yeah. of that guy with that, with those girls. girls or their friend dynamic, mm-hmm. you know? And we kind of like brought up like the fact that specifically with our friend group, at school, everyone knows, just kind of knows who's friends with mm-hmm. who and kind of stuff that goes down, especially since sometimes the whole school go out together and like whatnot. And so people will see how each other acts around each other. And... So that's not a problem. Everyone kind of knows, at most part, where people stand in friend groups, like with guys and girls, versus out in public. Like, I have this thought, because I live with three, soon to be four guys, and do almost everything with them. I walk, go to school with them. I go grocery shopping with them. We just, like, walk places together. And it's just me and, like, four dudes. And I always kind of see people, like, looking And I think it's harmless. Like, I don't think anything of it. But the thing is, if I put myself in their shoes, I would totally be like, hmm, that's a little... I'm curious. I'm curious. What's that dynamic there? Like, why is this girl, like... Or being with, like, four dudes all the time, you know? And every guy I've talked to since moving in with the guy friends, most of them are very surprised by the fact that I choose to live with four boys. But I always am like they're my friends like doesn't matter about their gender I think ideally in an ideal world we could be friends with both genders like yeah we could like even right now we could be friends but we will always just have questions yeah I know that when we go out with our guy friends less guys approach us Mm -hmm. why because they don't know their dynamic our dynamic with our friends yeah in an ideal world we would have as many guy friends as we want but we're always just going to wonder, like, who that other girl is or who that other boy is. Yeah. We were trying to, like, I mean, Adam brought up, like, he really believes that we should normalize being friends with whoever we want despite their gender or sexuality or whatever. If you don't trust someone by the certain amount of, like, friends of a specific gender they have, then talk to them about it. And, and if yeah. it's a big issue, then you know that their values are put somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You kind of just have to be the bigger person. Like, the guys were kind of saying, like, on average, guys probably would feel more intimidated, especially in the beginning, if they were, like, meeting this girl and their friends and found out that he, she mainly had a lot of guy friends. Like, I guess they've had experience with that. I mean, I can get where they're coming from. Yeah. Because, like, they're a guy. They know how guys think. And so 
they're always going to be like, hmm, are these guys really friends with her? Do they want something more? But for us, we're like, we think it's harmless. Yeah. You know? Also, for me, if I see a guy with a lot of girlfriends, I don't think it's a weird thing. No. I actually think it's ad- adorable. I'm, I'm like, yeah. he has, like, girls. But also, I wouldn't approach him. I wouldn't approach him. Because I'm scared of girls. Girls and, are the bitchiest ones out there. Yeah, like, I understand. You like, I wouldn't go up to a guy who was with a bunch of his girlfriends. Like, I wouldn't go to the guy first. Usually how it works is... I'll talk to the, I've done this before. I'll talk to the girl first being like, oh my gosh, like you look so pretty. pretty. And she does. Like, I'm not being fake. But, no, of course. But then like I, I spark a conversation with her whole friend group and then I move slowly over to the guy because I don't want to come off like bitchy. Like you yeah. said, I don't want them to think that I'm just like only friends with them for their guy. But then I've also run into where I try to talk to a guy and their girlfriends are like hawk blocking yes. me. And I'm, and the guy is trying to, and the, and the few guy friends that he's there also with are like, what are you guys doing? doing. Like, that's literally the funniest thing to me because I'm trying to like shoot my shot with this guy. Like we're trying to shoot uh-huh. our shot and some girls are all for it. Like we'll talk and they'll be like, oh yeah, like, like yeah, I think you guys would be cute. Like that'd be fun. And then certain girls are like, uh, nope. no, but it also depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at a club and they're, the guy is like maybe like really, really drunk. But also... Like, in my opinion, in general, it's just so much easier to approach a guy when they're with his guy friends than when, like, they're with his girlfriends. And for us, it's probably because we have a majority of girlfriends. And so we can bring a couple of our girlfriends with us Mm -hmm. as backup versus, like, if you are just approaching a group, like, with a guy that you find attractive and they're mainly with girls, like, what it's just a little difficult it's you know? difficult it, girls intimidate me honestly yes they I'm do I'm so scared I understand by the boys pain yeah I uh-huh. do I do if even like girls are intimidated by girls I couldn't even imagine a guy yeah yeah I think this is going to be the end of our podcast I hope you guys enjoyed it I know it wasn't what, what we planned we planned but honestly I feel like even this yeah. came out good. Well, we have kind of figured out a better plan for hosting more than two other guests. Mm-hmm. And so in the future, stay tuned. Yes. Follow us on Spotify. And we'll definitely have more guests and figure out actually how to have their voices and their like con- our conversations on here. Yeah. It'll We're learning. Get better. We're growing. Yes. It'll get better. But thank you for listening. Kisses. Bye. Un beso.